strapped in the trenches Making moves going all out Every day handle business You know that the hustle don't stop Got my team, let's get it Reviewing books and talk stocks Steady keep it moving So you gon' wanna tune in Get Lowdell, it's an app Get local food on demand Delivery right to your home Everything in the palm of your hand Took hard work and dedication Come through, join the conversation This is history up in the making We just wanna be an inspiration Hey, let's go Welcome to another edition of Bootstrapped in the Trenches. Today, our episode is called It's a Wonderful Life. Reason I wanted to call it, guys, It's a Wonderful Life. It's actually a, a film that Byron Udell recommended I watch a few months ago. I think I brought it up to you guys. It was a Christmas fantasy drama that was produced and directed by Frank Capra back in 1946. We'll get into the theme of that in a second. We have uh, Pete Margulies coming on later, who, as we all know, is who I started B-Town Menus with back in 2005. And I figured the whole chain of events of the theme of that movie made sense with basically to sum it up, it goes over how decisions can impact so many different people and the domino effect. Uh, the movie starts off with a guy that is about to kill himself and is convinced that his life was really impactful. And long story short, it just sums up the impact that one person can have on the world in so many different ways. So I thought that was a good analogy, thinking back to the pieces that fell into place and what it led to and how we're here 15 years later, all working together. It's pretty remarkable how the world works like that. So figured it's a wonderful life made sense. We've got Pete coming on in a half hour. Uh, before that, obviously, we've got some good stuff actually in the food world, Dan. I'm sure you want to dive into current event-wise from this weekend and the news that came out today. Um, but before we get into that and food for thought, any exciting food stories you guys want to discuss for 4th of July? Did you dive into 75 hot dogs or anything else? <laughs> um, mine was pretty basic, just uh, regular barbecue, hot dogs, hamburgers, nothing too exciting, but I love a good summer barbecue. So Corey, were you grilling like full force? Was, did it feel like a pandemic barbecue or was it like normal? Uh, it was not normal. Um, my friends are very, well, one of my friends, Jeff is about to give, have a child any second. Um, so everyone was, you know, wearing masks, being distanced. Well, his wife's about to give birth, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was definitely not the same. It, it didn't have the same vibe at all. Uh, but it, it was a lot of fun, don't get me wrong. It was great to see everyone. But you could tell that everyone was kind of kind of had their guard up, I guess I'd say. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Well, at least you were able to get together. Were there fireworks? No fireworks. Ooh. It was just uh, like eight of us at a house. So oh, it was well, pretty Better rare. than a virtual barbecue, I guess. That wouldn't taste too good. <laughs> yeah. Governor, Dan, Governor Cuomo ordered on Twitter, no fireworks. Well, <laughs> I think anything that guy says, people are naturally just doing the opposite. So maybe he should say fireworks. I actually had a pretty interesting food item over the weekend. I had like a like Georgia peaches on a, on a wood-fired oven pizza. It was Whoa. so good. Yeah. That wow, sounds I good. Down to that, Dan. Is that a dessert pizza or what's the – how did it that – it wasn't a dessert pizza. It was just a special pie that this place had that like when they sat us down, they were like, by the way, here's the specialty of the day. 
Georgia peaches on like this flat oven pizza. Dude, yeah, I'm kind of surprised you went in for that one. Was it, was it? Did it taste savory or what was the deal there? A little, like the, the when you would eat a yeah, it definitely did taste a, taste a little sweet. Like you take a bite and eat like a peach, but they were like sweet. It was almost like what you would envision in a peach pie. Like that. So it was a dessert pizza. No, I've had like, I've had apples on a pizza pie and it's not like a dessert pizza. And I know people put honey on pizza, especially in Colorado. That's like a big thing to put honey on their crust. It's still like savory. Um, Obviously never had Georgia peach pie. That sounds insane. Yeah. I think there was actually honey on there too. And Corey's right. Like it was sweet, but they didn't market it as a dessert. See, it goes well with like- that's a, obviously, I love the thought of trying a new pizza. Like I've never had that. So it would definitely appeal to me. Dude, I just you wonder, like this would have been right up your alley. Like you would have definitely wanted to get it. It was the question me. is would I have wanted to get it for a, like an actual entree or would that have been like, I see that and then go, you know what? Instead of ice cream, we're going peach pizza. Well, we kind of <laughs> got it as like an appetizer or like a side dish. Yeah. Okay. It seems like one of those things you have one slice. It's like perfect. Yeah. Sounds amazing. Was it a thin crust pizza or was this like a deep dish? It was wood fired oven pizza, which okay. there's a few places out here that do a great job of that. And I'm yeah, a big the pizza down there is good. Like what's going on with well, that? All right. I've over the years, just because I've been out of the New York Jersey area for so long, I've become a really big fan of wood, wood fired oven pizza. You know what I mean? Like, cause it masks, like it's as good as you can get when you're not on the East coast. Right. Yeah, like they do a great job with the crust and like the way they cook it. it, it I don't, I don't want to say it's like tough to mess that up, but it's definitely what a lot of places they're doing now. Uh-huh. And there's a few places out here that do do a good job of that. Other than that, no, the pizza's not good, but there are some places that do that. So like this peach pizza I was talking about was insane. It, it was really, really good. And was that in substitute of barbecuing for the fourth, or did you guys get the grill going? Because Dan, I know you've been getting your boat game going. Have you? Yeah. Did you get the grill fired up? No, that wasn't even on the fourth. That was um, like th- Friday night, I think, that we went and did that. July fourth, we did get the boat game on. It was cool. There was no grilling. We went to this restaurant, like on one of the docks. There's like this cool area that you can go and park a boat and like go to the restaurants there. And it's just, it's a whole scene. To be honest, that's where I think I got the Corona. And I just went <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I didn't do any grilling either, but I, I mean, I think I'm going to turn into an oyster. I ate so many, you know, being on the water in Newport, we went to town on seafood, like crab legs, lobster, oysters, oysters, oysters. And, you know, after a few times eating oysters, it's just, you can only do so much of that. So the food was absolutely phenomenal though. I just, you can only have like one or two lobster rolls, you know, that's not something like a turkey sandwich. So I definitely, by yesterday, I was ready for new types of food. Like I got home and crushed dumplings last night, naturally. (laughs) I was, you know, when you're like on a trip and you're, Dan, you always talk about this. You get home and just get a pizza that's when normally my go-to. Yeah, yeah. So it's either pizza or dumplings for me. And last night I was in the dumpling state of mind because it had. Mike, night. what was uh, what was Newport like? Gorgeous. Oh, I mean, I think we should all do a rolling group retreat there. It's really right on the water, like really rich town. There's definitely a ton of money. You know who had his uh, yacht park there? One of Epstein's former associates, the guy that started uh, Victoria's Secret, 
Len Len Wexler, Len Wexler. So that guy's about to go down very soon. Probably, but but he, you should have seen this yacht. It was called Limitless. I've never, I've never seen it. It was over a hundred mil, no doubt about it. Yeah, so, some of Paul's Instagram. Dude, some of the yachts people have in this world are so insane. Michael Jordan had his yacht in uh, Charleston last week because he was here for a fishing competition. And wow. apparently he's got like uh, either like an 80-foot or a 120-foot Viking. But the boats that you see out there, like people spend millions on their boats. It's oh, it's cruel they're, alone. They're, crazy. We, we, we got a private. It was cool because we it was so cheap too. We got a a sailboat for a couple hours all in. It was only 300 bucks for like a group of six. And he gave us the whole rundown on, you know, the expenses of running one of these yachts and how the crew alone costs like a quarter million a year, at least, which when you have a billion dollars, what, what does that mean? You could wipe your ass with that. So. You're um, talking about the really, really big ones. Like the limitless boat you saw. Well, yeah. yeah. And it was just, it's interesting because Paul brought up a good point. He's like thinking about the amount of money that's just anchored right off the, off the dock. Like, it's just pretty fascinating to think about how even trade started there back in the day and how much old money is there and what's gone on. It was just cool thinking about that, like all the history in a port. So that there's a lot of power in water when you think about the history of the state, the United States. And we went on this cool, we all should go there. There's this awesome cliff walk where you walk and see mansions across the water that are just insane. And it's a a famous cliff walk in the country of this place. So we got some great shots of that. Um, Definitely a good, you know, few days away and got my share of seafood in and uh, amped to be back in the thunderstorms in New York. Nothing better yeah. than some good oysters. That's just if they're good oysters. There's nothing yeah. worse than spoiled oysters. Oh, I've got seasoning from them. And there's yeah. nothing better than like yacht watching, which I've become a big fan of. It's it's very like, inspirational. It's yeah. inspirational for sure. Yeah. Like I was seeing yeah. that, I'm like, oh, we are getting what's ours, guys. It's coming. Yeah, Not saying a hundred foot yacht, but it's coming. Yeah, and the idea of like having like a place with a dock and like your own yacht, you know. I did, was, you know, I really, I was telling Paul that I would love to be on the water after yeah. seeing you in there. I was like, you know what, just sure. to get away, being able to just go on the water and check out. Dan, I could see why you've been big on the boating. Dude, there's something tranquil about just being out on the water, and like when the water like hits your face a little bit when you're like driving a boat or you're on a boat, just like when you go over a bump and you get that mist in your face. Like, there's nothing better than being like on the water. Corey, you a big boat fan? I enjoy it. I mean, I'm not a huge boat guy. I'm not a huge water guy, though. I mean, dude, I'm with you on that because of the whole, you remember when me, you, and Greg ate on a docked boat, I almost got sick. So I'm naturally, because of my ears from growing up, I've never been good with motion, but I do love moving in the water. And I didn't even, for some reason on that sailboat, I felt great. There was no instance of me feeling like crap. Yeah. And like when I go boating here, it's not like we're out in the ocean. So there's really no waves. There's all these rivers that it's funny because growing up in Jersey, I think of a river as basically what a stream is. Yeah. But in reality, rivers are like these massive bodies of water that people go like wakeboarding and tubing and all these things. And then oh, they yeah. connect to the oceans. And that's kind of where people do the boating. And you yeah, it's not like Wachung Lake. Dude, yeah. that's where it's like people out here would look at, they would consider watching a lake a pond. And growing yeah. up, I would look at that as like, oh, that's what a lake is like. 
That's in reality, right. like, yeah, same Crater like Lake. When we went there in Oregon, remember that? That's a lake. Crater Lake. Oh yeah, that is. Oh a man, yeah. I'll never forget that place. That'd be a cool plot, spot to go back. Corey, this place is unbelievable. Just mad, like the largest lake I think I've ever been to. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's all I got on that front. What Dan? Current events. I mean, let's. I know you're. You got to come in hot here with the food. Yeah, I mean, the only current event worth talking about is Uber buying Postmates. Well, how about Joey Chestnut? Joey Chestnut winning the 75 hot dogs. Yeah, that's that's pretty damn impressive. So, guys, can we start by talking about, literally, I put this on Insta. Is there a point where there would be conversation over a hot dog being renamed? Oh, Lord, you thought I was going to come in hot with that news? Not of the course, because news- it happened first. Oh, man. Okay. I thought like, when you were saying you're going to come in high. Well, you know, it was just 4th of July. This guy well, yeah. literally breaks his own record. He's like the most dominant to me. Like when you think of competition, who has – he doesn't have a rival like at all. I, like do, I, he doesn't – it's – yeah, you know, I don't want to talk – I don't even know – Dan, you don't look at it as a sport, is what you're going to say. Well, no, it's not even that. It's just you don't have the level of competition in terms of, like, you don't have people out there trying to necessarily be the best at that. Yes, you do. Do you? Yeah, you do. Big time. Okay. Well, Our our boy Jarvis. Jarvis. We had him on. Dude, that's a big thing. The people are always trying to get in those. It's not easy even entering, being able to be in one of those competitions. I want to know, like, at what point in your life are you, like, I want to enter a hot dog eating competition and then start building up the stamina or whatever you want to call it. I think you have to have a love of competition and a a next level love of eating and naturally be already a very fast eater and have enough people being like, yo man, like when are you getting in one of these? I think it's just this guy wins every single year. So it's like, you could just write his ticket in every year. It's like, you don't even like the hot dog itself. When literally what he's done, 13 out of 14 in a row, 13 years out of 14, he's won. And when you think of hot dogs, what comes to mind now? Seriously. Yeah, no, I definitely think of him. If his last, if it wasn't Chestnut, I would say we should rename it. But because, like, it just doesn't, so maybe it just doesn't work. It, like, I, I would sooner be down for the Joey than a Chestnut. The guy <laughs> is like, not even, like you, would, you would expect this guy to be much bigger than he is. <laughs> That's part of the um, remarkable. Like we saw Cookie Jarvis. He was a big boy in his heyday oh, yeah. in the athletic peak. Joey Chestnut, look at this guy. He looks like he could be a linebacker on the Panthers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, 75 hot dogs. I, I find that to be remarkable. I really think it's it's a feat. When you beat your own record over and over again, you know? It's, yeah, just, it's insane. It really yeah. is. I think no, that's just name. I Look, think he like proposed, he proposed to his girlfriend before the competition. So clearly he was on he was on his A plus game. I'm just wondering at what point like we think about how like trophies are named after people, right? And they were thinking about renaming uh like putting Kobe's image on the basketball instead of Jerry West for the NBA image. But at what point are you anointed at a level of of uh, something being named for you? Like yeah, I actually think Joey Chestnut's there. Yeah, I think like Coney Island should name something after him, seriously. or or Nathan should Nathan name hot dogs. Change it to Joey's. Like, have they thought about that? Like that or could like be a at least move. Put it on the menu item, 
and uh, all I know is proposing to your girlfriend and then eating seventy five hot dogs. Is, it's got to be a romantic finish. That oh. is the most big thing. <laughs> Did they have a candlelight yeah. dinner after that? What do you think? Like, what was the actual? romantic part of that after the event you think oh i was just kidding that is the least romantic thing of all time oh, yeah. <laughs> disgusting oh yeah no it's fiance is kind of cute and to be honest i figured this cute. guy would be really heavy he's not maybe that's that's why you got a name oh, it yeah, no. like it's it's the fact that he's not even heavy and he just 75 hot dogs oh tomorrow's monday he's almost like, like jacked guys I mean, Anyone yeah, like, saying that competitive eaters aren't athletes like Brian Applebaum, you're dead wrong. I'm sorry. Uh, when you have to uh, train and compete for anything, you're an athlete. Yeah, I agree. 100%. Just like I think cheerleaders are athletes. Anyone that says yeah. otherwise is full of shit. No 100%. chance. 100%. Absolutely. I that at, like anything that is a physical sport, which includes cheerleading, and I guess it includes eating Eat food. So, all right, I'll give you that. Give so, Dan, let's go over what we really care about in our business. Yeah, so it looks like Uber Eats is buying Postmates for 2.8 bill, all stock deal. Well, and you'll see that tweet about with tips and fees for bill. <laughs> I love that. That was really funny. That's, that's, that's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts? I mean, we've been talking about how there's going to be mergers and acquisitions in our space since we started this podcast. So nothing new about like, it doesn't even come as news. We knew that was going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Here are my thoughts. Uber Eats failed to buy the bigger player in the space, which is Grubhub, and then settled for a cop-out to try and please their investors, which is Postmates. That's my take on it. The real war is Uber versus DoorDash, and Postmates and Grubhub are starving to even exist, and they couldn't buy one of the more significant competitors in the space. That's how I view it. Uh, I, I, I kind of I like the move. I, I think it's a good move for them in terms of Postmates doesn't just do food delivery, and I think Uber will get in that game of doing more than food. And I kind of like that move for them. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was really the only player left that they could gobble up. Big player that is. There's a definite um, move by both companies, like Postmates settling for an all-stock deal and Uber yeah. Eats settling for the bottom feeder player. I mean, like keep in mind, board. Uber Eats, they, that was, I think, a, a great move for them because they did not have a great presence in LA, which is Postmates' largest metro. So that's big. It doesn't, it, there's no monopoly issues based on the markets that they were one and two in. And we know consolidation was coming. I think this is a huge win for us as a company where I don't think it's going to be a huge win though is for restaurants, to be honest. Well, I think yeah. the more consolidation that happens, they're forced hands. Like they're what? going to be, it's like the thing I always bring up to you guys with the Croatia trip I was on a few years ago. There's one boat company running people. They what don't care. They'll, they'll just, it's on their time. So what I'm getting at with this there's going to be less and less flexibility. They're going to need their investors to get paid. So naturally the fees are going to go up. So I think the, the winners here are the competitors in the space. Yeah. I don't think there's other winners. Yeah, but one of the things that they said that they're doing and whether or not it's true, I guarantee you it's at least true for a year, is they're keeping both companies separate. And Postmates is going to continue to be Postmates. They're going to operate. Oh, yeah. But then the fees aren't going to be the same as they were. No doubt about that. I mean, yeah, I think that's. I think it's really just a play to uh, like really please investors and. Yeah, the play to please investors is not bleeding cash and making money. Like I was just talking to Greg the other day about. There's no way Uber buying Postmates. They're going to keep those 
coupons in place. Zero chance. Well, yeah. I mean, they're not going to keep doing the get $100 off. And the closer this comes to consolidation, the closer there is to these people actually having to make money. And yeah. that does not no, help restaurants true. or consumers. That's definitely true. So the well, free yeah. days, which we hated, are coming to an end. And that's great for the actual sustainable longevity for us. I've always no, just looked true. at Postmates as, and maybe it's naive of me, but almost insignificant to, in the markets that we're in compared to the other players. And obviously competition's stiff in our industry. I've always looked at like the main competition for us as Uber Eats and DoorDash. I think Postmates, that's a huge help uh, for us in Flagstaff. Yeah, their, I was going to say, we yeah. definitely took a shot in Flagstaff as soon as they entered. That was when I first was like, all right. And then obviously being in Denver, um, you know, they were like the first big player when we were doing pretty well there that came in besides obviously Grubhub. And that, that's the first I heard of Postmates back then when, during the Denver days. And they definitely took a, a huge share away of, of that territory for us. I think it, it also, it gives us guys, we always go back to the narrative of working to our advantage with these restaurants. Again, now the whole trust thing, right? When we think about, oh, a big company just bought another company for billions of dollars. That scares local restaurant owners. That's not in, uh, something that makes them all warm and fuzzy going to bed at night. I can guarantee you that. So I think this really, for Lodell and our future, and as we keep expanding and building up these communities more, this should help us. I agree. Both acquisitions, the Grubhub and Postmates, is, should be good for us. Definitely. And it looks like DoorDash is, I think, going public, right? Is that official at this point? I don't. I didn't see that. I saw something about it. Oh, yeah. I don't. I don't actually know if it's official or not. Well, either way, and that's another thing. Even if DoorDash is going public, which it will probably happen at some point, these companies have to start profiting at some point. This isn't Elon Musk building out future transportation here. This is food delivery. There's a big yeah. difference. So they raised yeah. 400 mil two weeks ago, and apparently it's like ahead of them. Confident, but I, I don't know. It's uh, I've been hearing that they're going to go public for a while. At this point, they've raised almost three billion cash. It's crazy. They're crazy. definitely going to go public then because they these guys need their main investors want cash. At yeah. some point, someone that dumps that kind of money needs to be paid. Yeah, for sure. No, so, I mean they're definitely going public. The Red Seas guys, I think they're going to be parting for us soon. I really do. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, things change or how quickly it takes for things to change and how this benefits us if it does or what it means for us in general, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think it gives us a chance to steal some clients too through this whole, you know, let's put it on with uh, waiter. I think waiters, they skyrocketed today. I think, I think they're just naturally, they're going to probably get acquired also. Well, they're just, they had really good numbers. They paid down a lot of debt. I think they're just really focused on being kind of the local player and where they are um, in the South. And oh, they're doing well in the market. They, they reported their earnings today? I think they reported early earnings. Um, I don't think, I think they report later this week or next week, but they reported things early. I'm pretty sure. Interesting. So they're almost like back alive. There was yeah, a, I think they went up to like 360. I mean, guys, obviously when you're a waiter, if those streets sees an, a deal with Grubhub, a deal with Postmates, they're the biggest one left and they're going to get acquired at some point. Definitely. Yeah, I think that's actually why their stock also jumped this morning. There's reports about that. 
Because I read something. I, I figured that they would that's get why Uber is going to buy them. Or I figured the stock jumps just because of the fact that Uber bought uh, Postmates. So people looked at it like, oh, Waiter will probably Very get bought nice. too. I mean, either Uber or DoorDash will buy Waiter. That, that's just a, a matter of time at this point. Yeah, it's probably true. So, and then all that's going to be, it's going to be Uber, DoorDash, and Lodell. That, Lo that's why Lo the name Dark Horse exists, because of guys like us. There was a yeah. where we thought we were going to get bought by Waiter, but... That was when they were trading as like a what nine dollar stock, and now they're—I mean, yeah. they've come up quite a bit. But it's I think that was a blessing in disguise for us. Now I think we're going to have a much better opportunity in this space long term. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was interesting. I was talking to that Food Boss company today, and anyone listening, Food Boss is like a search engine, like a travelocity for food delivery. And um, they were saying like, they're really just trying to go after, they spent so much time initially when they started just going after like Uber and the big guys. And now they're just focused on the local guys and they think they can win more with local delivery services. And I thought that was just really interesting. I think short term, they're spot on. I mean, we know where all this is heading guys. It's like any industry. That's just how it works. That they are smart doing that while that window exists. I don't know how long there will be small delivery companies in the ecosystem. Well, yeah, I mean, they work, they work with everyone, but I'm saying they're like trying to onboard smaller companies as opposed to just the big players. Hmm. Interesting. What, so what, what do they do exactly? Corey? So basically you work with them. They pretty much, it's like Travelocity in the sense that if you put in your area code, you can find the cheapest delivery in any town. And right. if you have to be a partner with them and they pay you, it's like a cost per click budget, or you can do like a commission. Um, okay. it, it's kind of interesting. I wonder if I'll get any legs with that. Yeah, hard to say. Yeah, it's tough because people are so attached to those apps. They're so popular exactly. as it is. I see what they're trying to do. They're thinking to themselves like, oh, Uber, DoorDash, all these companies are like the airlines and there needs to be something that centralizes them, but it's it's not going to happen. He's yeah, saying the one thing, the one point he had was nobody is loyal when it comes to food delivery. And that's kind of true with the big players. They it don't is. care. People are looking for the best deal. Yeah, uh, most of the time. See, I'm well, more I more so the problem. Food. When I order food, I just care about the restaurant. Exactly. And, yeah. First, yeah. I just want. I, I think. I yeah. I think we're different though. I mean, I I, I, I don't care. I use whatever. Um, I don't. I don't switch. I just use the same thing. But I, I think most think people, we people do, do. We have an opportunity to build loyalty, and they don't like actual yeah. community loyalty. Like those companies exactly. have no way of doing that. Yeah. 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 So they put their names on like partnerships, but they're not actually ever doing anything. Like I yeah. saw it in New York when I was helping those guys. DoorDash was the partner. They screwed up every single thing they were doing. Yeah, too spread so, thin there. All these companies. Um, yeah. And, you know, it'll be, yeah, it'll be an interesting stretch ahead. And we've got, I want to give Pete the intro here. Peter Margulies. I met my freshman year in college. Um, my Joe Diverno, who was a good friend of mine from high school was on a floor in my dorm, like a few floors below. And I happened to just be hanging out down there. And Pete was on that floor a lot, hanging out with another guy that back then online poker was like a craze as we all know. So Pete and I initially bonded over our both enjoying, you know, like any college kids sports and gambling. And we would get together 
on the floor, order Chinese food, shoot the shit, watch college basketball, play poker. And, you know, we were just both kids that were, it seemed like we were just hungry to do something. At first we were thinking about starting a, a restaurant, like a salad wrap place then, if you remember, we were really like thinking, oh, this place need, you know, growing up in New Jersey, I was starving. I was in Bloomington. I'm like, we need some East Coast food here. This was pre-Jared with Butch's. This was back before even Mixed Greens started. And thanks to Bob Roland, our father, he talked me out of opening a restaurant very quickly. All it took was, Mike, you want to be stuck in that town for three decades? And somehow as an 18-year-old, that didn't sound appealing. So the, the initial thought of opening a restaurant was thrown to the curb. And... Pete will be on in a minute to touch on this a bit, but we got back from spring break. I'll never forget this. And he had a family friend coming into town, driving through with seeing if their high school kid wanted to go to IU for some odd reason, Pete invited me out to dinner with them that night. Scotty's brew house. I had the patty melt. Rest in peace. Scotty's brew house. Rest in peace. I'll never forget patty melt with broccoli and mashed potatoes. This was the <laughs> meal that changed our lives. And somehow we got to just talking and Dave Laterman, the, one of the uh, uh, former partners in the Penn state menu site, lion menus, which was the initial start of this happened to be, uh, I think a nephew of this guy that came through town from St. Louis where Pete grew up. So these dots started connecting and we'll see Mookie on here in a second. Pete came into college hot with the nickname Mook. Where I knew Pete had some, the it factor was he got a lot of people calling him Mook <laughs> a couple of weeks of school. So it's like naturally this guy has branding ability. So he could be someone I could do business <laughs> with. Uh, this was when Napoleon Dynamite first came out. So the monotone Mook voice was very similar to God, give me some tots, the Napoleon Dynamite character, the main character. So <laughs> I'll never forget my early days in relationship with Pete revolved around that movie coming out. And that was the prelude to us starting B-Town Menus. And Mookie should be joining us any second here. And we could start with asking him how Mook came about. Because I'm, I'm very curious to know where that nickname started. Yeah, me too. I never, uh, never got around to asking him. Corey, how many does that, that nickname is probably still used in Bloomington. That's got to be. Yeah. Some re rest down. restaurant owners. Where's yeah. Mook oh, at? Where's Mook? This is not this is not the MOOC discount I was promised. There he is. The man, the myth, the legend. Wow. What's going on, dude? How are you? Good, man. How are you guys? I mean, you know, you're trying to just survive this apocalypse. Uh, the, you know. uh, crazy, what, man. Big, big news. Like, with What has it been like for you? I give you credit because I'm losing my mind single <laughs> without kids. How have you dealt with that? Like, what has the, the last few months been like with that? My beard was worse than Dan's about a week ago because I had <laughs> no time to shave or shower in months. Coming in firing. <laughs> yeah, coming in hot. <laughs> no, it, uh, it's been good, man. It's a lot of family time, which has been nice. Uh, but we're sending the older one back to school, to daycare in two weeks, which is good. And things have calmed down in New Jersey a little bit. So, so wait, Pete, nice. how, do you, uh, how do you feel about sending the, the kid back to daycare? Comfortable? It's, it's hard, man. It's hard. It, uh, at some point, Tara, my wife, Tara and I said, like, you got to balance the mental 
toll with the physical risk of, you know, it's pretty clear that I think the numbers are like 0.001% of kids under five are actually getting sick. It's a question of like, can they carry it? Can they bring it to Patty and Saul? You know, my parents and is that the, you know, so my parents have basically said, once you send them back to daycare, we're not going to see them for the foreseeable future, which sucks. Um, But at the end of the day, like we, both of us are working full time. It's been tough having them both home. Luckily we have a house with like a yard in the back and it's been such nice weather. So it's been nice to have a house. Like if I was like you guys living in the city and like an apartment, I don't, with two kids, I don't know what we would do, but got to take the risk, man. It's been four months with him being home. So. So have you, are you finally able to start working outside of the house now, or have you been just stricken to staying home? No, we've been home. I mean, Tara works for Stryker, which is a you know massive oh, yeah. publicly traded. Yeah, yeah, the pharmaceutical medical device company, um, and she's like been home since beginning of March. She's going to be home until at least twenty twenty one. They already canceled her sales conference she's supposed to run in January of next year. So it's pretty crazy, man. I've said like, I mean, I worked remotely anyway before this, you know, the last couple of years, which has been great. But I think this fundamentally changes the world. You see companies like Facebook and Twitter and uh, Google have all said, you know, employees can work from home for basically the foreseeable future. So I feel like companies realize you can be more efficient, you get more work done, you have less people bothering you. You know, if you can figure out your schedule, I'm a believer that remote work saves money, it keeps people safe, and it makes you more efficient at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, it definitely changes up. I I think also, you know, man, people have been wanting to have a reason to work from home, right, for a long time. Like even Pete, back in the Baltimore days with us, how often did we want to be in the office? 100%, 100%. And I think this, like, you always need that push. You need that thing that's going to make everybody, it's herd mentality. You want to follow what Facebook and Google and all these other companies are doing. So at the end of the day, like, once you see all these companies saying, like, we're okay with it, even I think Microsoft came out and said that they're only going to have 50% of employees in the office. So, like, once these companies start doing it and saying they're okay with it and they're comfortable with it, I think it gives, you need that push at some point, something to, push you over that edge. And you saw more and more companies going remote to begin with. But I think this thing, it's just not worth the risk. Why are you going to risk bringing people back in the next you know, 12 months when they can get sick, they can sue you? It just to me is not worth the risk for the foreseeable future. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's crazy how a few months have just changed the entire global landscape on work-life balance. It's crazy. I mean, you guys, man, Postmates, 2.6 billion. It's been a lot of consolidation, man. I I obviously follow the space pretty closely. So I don't know. I mean, I watched a couple of minutes earlier. I think it's good for you guys. The more consolidation, clearly you have market share. There's a lot of acquisition interest happening. And I also think you never want to benefit from a pandemic, but like you're in the business that is benefiting from the pandemic, right? So yeah, we got lots no, of that one. Yeah, there's no better business to be in right now. I mean, we ordered out delivery for three months. Like we didn't want to cook. We were so tired at night. We were ordering out, you know, we rarely ate out beforehand with the kids, but like we were ordering out two or three times a week for the last, you know, three or four months. It's crazy. P, I wanted to ask you that because I, before you got on here, I was talking about when we first met, we would bond over, you know, Chinese and gambling. What, since you've had kids, what has been the difference with delivery versus cooking? Like how often do you actually order in? Yeah. I mean, we were, 
you know, you remember my uh, Kathy Rolls trying to be healthy back, you know, 15 years ago. Never but uh, <laughs> I've tried, you know, the last couple months I've like made a personal attempt. I have, we have a Peloton now. I probably lost like 14 or 15 pounds the last. You're looking good. Yeah, great. Yeah. Appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. So that, like, we've been trying to eat much healthier, cook at home. Pete, can you give us a little like 360 twirl? Yeah, dude. You want my twirl or the uh, the, the, <laughs> the little chair twirl? Yeah, I can't show. We, we want to see, you know. Right, I can't great. show you. Uh, the only other thing in the office is this New York poster. But I um, no, I focused. I've tried to be healthy with eating out, um, even if we order out. But with the kids, like it's very very hard, especially when they're this young, to take them out to eat. I mean, Corey, you know this with you know having nephews and nieces. Like to take the kids out to eat is such a hassle. You'd Possible. rather just make the food at home and like put them to bed. And then we have time to focus that like seven 30 to 10 is the best two and a half hours of the day. Kids are both <laughs> asleep. Everybody's quiet. Like, you know, I'm not like you rolls going to bed at 3am these days. Pete, you know, like, I've changed my ways with that. Dude. I'm, I'm like <laughs> these days by like 11. Wow. Yeah. Never thought I would see the day, man. I mean, I'm up at like three in the morning, but you know, yeah, it's hard, man. But the, so the, the, you know, we ordered, we have Uber Eats here. We have DoorDash here. I've been kind of annoyed with like, you know, the, obviously knowing the food business well, just the options around here are pretty limited for delivery. I live, you know, in the suburbs of Northern Jersey, but we've ordered out, man, a lot. And it's because it's exhausting, you know, being a parent and working you can't really do both well when you're both working full-time and you have two little kids at home it's different when they're self-sufficient and they can do stuff on their own but like we have to watch both of them all the time to make sure things are you know they're eating things are happening they're busy they're not in school so it's been tough man it's been tough but there's light at the end of the tunnel yeah my yeah. uh my four-year-old niece she's actually turning four but she's literally she facetimes me she knows how to use the phone and she facetimes me all day she's so bored she has nothing to do my sister and her husband are both working obviously from home and they can't give her attention. So she's just FaceTiming everyone in my sister's phone book. And I just feel so bad. There's just, you know, obviously summer camp is they chose not to send her because none of the friends' parents felt comfortable. So they didn't do it. And it's just, it sucks. It's hard, man. Yeah. The, that's our like guess of, you know, the mental part of it. Like you're at a certain age who he's, you know, my older one's three and a half and you have to like, he needs socialization. Like there's some point where you have to say like, you know, there's been less than th three, 400 cases a day in New Jersey. Like there's some point where you have to say that the risk outweighs the reward a little bit. Not that we ever want to put our kids at risk, but it's also, it, there's never going to be zero cases, right? So are you comfortable doing it when there's a vaccine, which might not happen. If you believe the crazy, you know, troll up there in DC, it's going to happen in the next two months. But like the reality is it's probably not going to happen for, at least six to 12 months. Yeah. Are you gonna keep your kids home for two years, right? 18 months, that's just crazy when they're that when they're that age. And how do you even navigate the play dates with other parents and the, the what if factors? Has there been any play dates going on? Yeah, yeah, we've kept it. I mean, we've, at least for us, we've kept it outside. We did have barbecues this weekend with friends. And we have a small group of like, there's basically two other couples, kids around the same age, both have two kids, both have two boys. And we like know them pretty well. So we've kept it all pretty close. Two of them actually had COVID way back in March, early in March. So we're pretty confident, like they don't have it. Um, the other couple like, you know, said they got tested for the antibodies. One was positive. So 
you know, are we doing like massive play dates? And we're not going inside in most cases. Like we're not bringing the kids inside. If we have to, you know, go to the bathroom, one of us will go inside if, you know, if, if, if that's the case. But 99% of the time we're doing it outside, you know, which seems to be lower risk. That's just the risk you got to take. Like you can't just be stuck in your house for the next year. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, it's hard to, I obviously haven't even thought in those ways. I can't even imagine, man. That's a lot of different obstacles. Are, Peter, are you having a third kid now? I don't know, man. After all this, I mean, <laughs> oh, Tara wants it's an I don't know, so it's definitely a possibility. That kind of sounded like a doubtful I don't know. Uh, yeah, <laughs> well, it's, you know, after this, I said, like, there's definitely no second kids happening during this time. Like, if you have one, there's 0% chance you're like, yes, this is the time to have a second. Maybe <laughs> there's some first kids happening because there's not much else to do. But I can't imagine, like, I mean, we can't think about it right now because just the amount of focus we've had on each other and taking care of the kids and just trying to, you know, keep life going has been hard enough. I mean, I, my wife wants a daughter, so... You know, Tara wants a daughter. We'll see. There we go. Three is tough, man. It's expensive. Yeah, it's expensive I give life. you a, give you a lot of credit for just having two and dealing with it during this situation. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's Maybe crazy. when your kids turn twenty one, I'll start going down that road. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's going to be the over under of you having kids percentage wise. Is I'll take the under like seven point five. See, P knows me well. <laughs> I'll take that same under. P, let's rewind a bit, man, because obviously. Not we wouldn't even be in this space if it wasn't for you and I connecting and becoming close way back in the early college days. For starters, you got to take us through the MOOC nickname because when I first Dude. met you, you cemented that in that town. Like <laughs> it was unbelievable. Where did that come from? It's so funny because I feel like it's still a thing. Like we went to Stevie's wedding, it was like you know, Heitner was there and <laughs> Greg was there. We were just talking about the old days of like back in the day, freshman year. But I think it came from high school. We were playing poker, and there was something happened where you got mooked and it just like <laughs> stuck. I don't even remember. I love it. That's like, the best nickname of all time. <laughs> it was great. And it's like, think about it, dude. It's something that's going to last forever. Like we could talk in 20 years. To even like Devin or Ferrar, right? Like people who we roles, you and I don't necessarily talk to every day. And you mentioned Mook and everybody's going to know who that is. Yeah. Right? It's a like, great think conversation. About, think about that. Pete, and that's what I was telling these guys. Like you, That was a, an uncanny ability, the way you were able to just hit that. And it, it spread like wildfire. So we clearly were onto something before B-Town menus there. Right 100%, man. 100%. Those day, the, I mean, Pete, you remember how crazy your family friend we went out to Scotty's. You invited me to come out to dinner right when we got back from spring break. I'll never forget that. What like, what were your thoughts on that whole thing? Because I remember me and you were hungry to start a business. At first, it was a restaurant. What? Where was your head at back then? Yeah, I think you and I had talked. I remember, I lived in Ashton freshman year for like a couple months. Um, and I moved to Briscoe, Gucker. And I think... Uh, yeah, four two. I moved in with Scott, who RIP, who yeah, OD like two years ago, which is horrible. Um, oh, passed man. away, but uh, he left after in December, and then I think I was home. Rolls, I feel like you and I had talked, we were like chatting with Greg and Stevie, who lived in Foster, I think, right? Briscoe, I think Greg, Greg was, was on my floor. I was, Greg was on floor, yeah. Stevie right. was also in Briscoe, he was in Shoemaker. He was in, he Shoemaker. Was in Shoemaker. Yeah. That's right, that's right. And Greg was on your floor, Joey D, Joe's Joe DeBernos. Joey D was on your floor when you moved to two. That's right. Yeah. Um, Shout so out. I 
Joey D. I think uh, I think you and I were talking about like there's just something lacking here, whether it's a restaurant, like being from the East Coast, being used to good food, and we're in the middle of the nowhere in the Midwest. And I think it was so random. Dave Laterman, who's a my family friend, hit me up and was like, "Hey, we started this thing in Penn State." Um, I think I originally called him about the restaurant and like asking him, "Do you have any thoughts on us opening up a restaurant?" And he was like, "I have something better." we started this thing called line menus would love to like bring it out to, you know, Indiana, we're thinking about expanding. And that was kind of the start was after that conversation. I'll never forget that. Cause we had Justin and Chris come out. I remember that was and crazy. I, I was in my stray hand Jersey. Me and you were like looking like bums in sweatpants. <laughs> oh, like, what, what is going on here? Yeah. And think about it. Like 20, literally 20 years later, you guys are still doing this almost 20 years later, which is like, I still tell people to this day, like friends that I talk to people at, in, at work and business are so surprised. Not that like it's lasted because I think it was right place, right time. We've been over the last like five to eight years with Uber Eats and DoorDash and everything that's happened. But when I tell people that, like the guy that I partnered with and started with, not only is still doing it, but it's a family business and they've expanded. All, like people are shocked that it's, it's been dude, this it's, long. It's crazy. It's wild, the chain of events too, that how we got that going together. Like that's why we called this It's a Wonderful Life. I don't know if you've seen that movie, but yeah, it's just, it's unbelievable how one thing can impact so many things in life. And if me and you, like the odds of that all even happening of- through Scott and Joe DiVerno on the same floor. And this all, it was pretty remarkable when you think about it. It was. And I think like, you know, we took what, I don't know if you remember, it was like our parents were kind of hesitant. It was going to be me and Mike Kurlanchik at one point. I finally convinced you to do it. Remember Zach Hirsch was going to be involved. Hirsch was going to be involved. Yeah. Even Greg wanted, you know, to jump in. And all these people throughout the years obviously helped us, right? Yeah. Like get to where we are. Like that was the thing I thought was so easy so amazing about what we were doing was everyone supported us. All of our friends who originally were like, you guys are idiots. This is never going to work. You're too lazy to do this. At the end of the day, they all became huge supporters, ordered all the time, like always talked up B-Town, which I always felt like was great. Like there was no jealousy there. There was no like, you know, envy. Everybody was just a huge supporter of what we were doing. You're yeah, absolutely. That, our first customer ever was Brian Bloom. So it's I really- do. Without that group, I don't know if that thing would have taken off the way it did. I agree. Because that was like, you know, you remember the whole, I mean, you guys know this, New York, Long Island, like, you know, West oh, yeah. Coast crew that had the money, that had like the, you know, everybody knew each other. And that, I agree. I think that's what helped us take off early on. And it seemed like they took pride in us being from that area where it was almost like, hey, this is our stamp here. This was started by someone from this area, you know? It was it was crazy. And we took what? I think I took like, if I borrowed five grand for my parents. Five grand. Yeah, five grand. It's crazy. Yeah. So yeah, it was like 2,500 each. And we didn't know what the hell we were doing. We were like putting fax machines in restaurants. We were like oh. these 18 year old kids strolling and into these rocky like, <laughs> yeah, cocky. That was so weird. Like you remember East Coast kids. When, me, when me and Cleman started working for you guys and we literally maxed out our bursar money for printing, we literally printed like 2000 papers for like an eat cheap week. Cause and remember every single time under limit and we yeah. didn't give us their cards for like free food. And yeah, we Logging had into so different usernames. 
But that was the thing. I feel like there there was this like turning point when you and I lived together sophomore year, what the Mortons, right? 510, yeah. I think was the apartment. And it was kind of like, you know, we were getting along. You're we obviously close friends. But then I feel like once we left and we were separate and we had like our own separate lives living outside of each other, that's when things like just took off. You were doing everything. I was doing my thing. We were close. We obviously worked well together. But then that's when I remember starting to see like, we would be refreshing on a Sunday. I mean, you guys, I don't even know what you're at now, but like we'd hit a hundred orders, 200 orders on like a Sunday and we were going nuts. Really. Oh this man, that was awesome. unbelievable. You and I were literally, it was like the craziest feeling in the world I, early on with that. I'll never forget that. And yeah, Pete, I think what it was, we realized we complemented each other so well with skill sets with you, with sales and me being the energizer bunny on the ground that it really worked to a T. Like Pete and I early on, we were trying to do everything together. And I think we realized when we were living together that the way this thing was going to dominate was by dividing up responsibilities. Pete handled signing up the restaurants. I handled the branding. So that once we figured that out, we were off to the races. And I think we also had chips on our shoulder from the early straight to your door days. I think we had an encounter with them where me and you were like, screw this. We're going to beat these guys. I think he said something to you and me and we were just like, all right, that's it. Yeah. And I think we like, you know, campus food was obviously there. This was pre DoorDash and, you know, Uber Eats and all those days. But like, I agree. I think we realized what well, we both complimented each other well and we were able to dot. Like you think about the business we built. Obviously, you guys have taken it to a 10x another level. But you're talking about like we were bringing. I remember before I left, like talking about like Buffalo is doing like 75% of their whole delivery business for the year was yeah. coming from B-Town. Like that's pretty unbelievable. You're basically sustaining the restaurant industry in Bloomington. As college. Right? Like that's, as yeah. college kids, that's nuts. It really, man, it's, uh, it, it was cool also how a lot of the restaurants, even the insomnia cookies, remember Seth Cohen with all those cookies we got, Pete? And oh, even at the library. It's, yeah. I, we got bought, I think the support across the board was, you know, from friends, from everybody there. And it eventually became like a word of mouth business, which it is now even, right? Like everybody coming in, we would hit the freshman hard. And it's going to be interesting to see how things change with you for you guys on the college campuses in the fall with like students yeah. coming back and what's going to happen. And, you know, Rutgers, yeah. I think, is going fully online. There's a bunch that are doing fully Indiana's doing classes, but um, they're optional. There's going to be online classes and you have the option of going. But obviously, I don't think ground marketing is going to be a thing. They're definitely not going right. to allow it. So it should be interesting to see it's how that weird. plays out. It's almost like back when we were getting this started, people had no problem being invaded on the street. And now it's like, hey, dude, get away from me. I'm on it. Exactly. Exactly. You know? Like, don't don't give me a flyer. We used to chalk everywhere. Remember those days? We got oh, called man. by like, we used to do so much chalk. I remember yeah. that was like unbelievable. It's crazy to think about. I mean, it's... I miss those days. Like I love having kids and, you know, being married and all that, but I also miss the like crazy Bloomington party school. Of course. I mean, dude, lots of war stories. You had a, like, you can chalk up that experience, a very unique college experience that many did not have when you really think about it. And, I, and I, I give you credit too, man. You were, you had the self-awareness because come, I think it was 2010, you were just ready to have a new chapter. When yeah, did you, I, decide, you were like, you know what? I'm, I'm over this. Well, I have to say, side note, I've never seen Dan Rowland be this quiet in like a 20 minute 
conversations. So I hope I'm not turning them off over here. I haven't seen Dan in years, man. I, I think he's just but... engaged. I'm listening to the uh, reminiscence. The old, old, old school stories. Uh, but yeah, no, I think it was like, two, yeah, 2010, I met Joe. I uh, was, you know, running, in, uh, running insomnia. We started talking about doing, I left, right? I stayed an extra year. Mm-hmm. Um, I left, you know, obviously spent a boatload of time with Corey. That was a great year. I had like one class was just hanging out, like doing nothing, working and going out every night. And it was like, I think that year I kind of was like, all right, I have to grow up a little bit. I have to move out of here. I finished school. I graduated. And I realized that like, I wanted to you know, do something else. It wasn't even like, I still obviously, I've supported you guys since the day we started. And I've obviously paid attention to the business from day, you know, since I left. Um, but I think it was just like, I was a little burnt out. I was also like, I was doing some stuff when we first started Jive with Joe, who was, you know, left insomnia and we started this other business. And I was like, all right, this doesn't make a lot of sense. I'm not going to be able to fully commit to both, which is unfair to both. So I basically was like, this is, you know, I want to take the next step, which listen, had I known, uh, you know, I think I believed in you guys. I know I believed in you guys back then. Had I known, you know, it was going to be where it is today and like everything that happened with you know, Chris and order up and, and all that, maybe I would have made a different decision, but I, you know, I, I can't look back on that. I mean, dude, at that, that era was such a different time. It was impossible. That was before Uber was around. Like it was impossible yeah. to even think like that. And Pete, take us through the roadmap one, since 2010, because you've shifted gears a couple of times. What take us through what's been going on? Yeah, I've done a bunch of stuff. We started Jibe, which was like an HR tech software, like B2B SaaS for anyone that knows, you know, Salesforce and all the the big SaaS companies, Um, helped companies hire, did a bunch of like mobile uh, uh, stuff on mobile, raised a bunch of VC money, um, which was a fun experience. I left after about four years, Uh, just got burnt out doing that too. I think like the startup life, I was just pretty tired. I was living in the city. Um, wanted to do something else, joined an early stage startup. I met Tara during that time. So we started, you know, basically I was like, all right, I'm taking this like next step in my, in my life. And I was basically living in New York and not, I was working a hundred hours a week and that was not the life that I wanted to live, you know, being in, in New York city. So we joined an early stage startup company called Percolate and that grew pretty, pretty crazy, raised a bunch of money from Sequoia Capital and a bunch of other uh, VCs. I saw their uh, advertising everywhere a few years yeah, ago. Yeah, it's funny because it was good, you know, side note, it was a, a good, interesting story of like a lot of things went wrong there. They ended up getting acquired for like an aqua hire this year by a company called Seismic. Got a little bit of stock, which ended up being worth nothing, but like good story of they raised like, that was a good like VC fail story. You hear all the positives. Uh-huh. The, you know, Uber Eats and the Postmates getting acquired, but you generally don't hear the 98% of companies like Percolate that raised a ton of money and completely failed, right? And that's not, there wasn't a, it just happens. It happens all the time, right? The odds are against you when you're yeah, in the point. You never hear about that in this headline era about like VCs that failed miserably ever. Yeah. And companies that fail, right? Like that Sequoia has to hit one Postmates and they can have a hundred other percolates. If they hit the one Postmates where they make 10X their fund, they're fine, right? They yeah. return all the money to their LPs for, you know, the, that five-year period or whatever. So they're really trying for the home run. But anyway, it was a good experience. I learned a ton. Um, I went to, I thought I wanted to do this startup thing again. So I went to Betaworks, which uh, is like a startup studio. So they actually built Giphy, they built Chartbeat and Bitly and Dots. Giphy obviously just got bought. That was a solid acquisition by Facebook. Um, and that was like, they hand you a funded company and say, here's a year of money and a team. 
and, a, and like a beta product to figure out if you can turn this into a real thing. Uh, and so I did that for about a year, but Tara got pregnant with our first kid during that time. And I was living out at that time. I had moved back to the burbs commuting and just realized like the startup life was different than it was when we were, when I was 18, when we were starting everything roles and then even post that. So I realized the start, you know, the early, early stage, like founder thing was just not for me anymore. Um, and so I spun the company down, like another great experience. I did like West coast to East coast, probably 15 times in like a six month period, just doing a bunch of VC wow. meetings, trying to get an aqua hire situation, but a good experience. And then, you know, been just in the startup tech stuff, went and ran customer success account management for about a year at a, another HR tech company called Way Up. And then the last almost three years, that I think was pretty clear. Tara got, the, the common theme is we had Tara got pregnant with our second kid during that time. And I was commuting for a year, uh, basically for four years, but the first like year of Aiden's life, my older son, um, I didn't get to see him. So that sucks. So I realized like, going back and forth to the city, being on a bus until, I mean, you talk about this roles where your dad, you know, Bobby was up till you know, up at 5 a.m. I remember we used to call him coming home from the bars of like getting right? up to work. Remember that school, time like, we hit him up like, oh, we didn't get arrested for a drinking ticket. <laughs> so like, you know, I realized that that for me, at least for the for the first part of, you know, Aiden's life, I didn't want. So I, the last three years I've been at Envision, which is like a huge product. So we've, that's another, we've raised 350, $400 million from, iconic tiger uh, capital management, uh, a bunch of huge VC funds, um, and have been like in customer success for the last three years, which has been great. We've been fully, we're fully remote, thousand people all over the world. You know, it's, it's a fun, it's a fun company. I still miss the like, you know, startup days, uh, but for where I am right now with a mortgage and having kids, it's been really good to me the last three years. MP, I think you shed some interesting light that's enlightening on the whole, like we got started so young that whole ignorance is a bliss thing where we don't even know what we're getting ourselves into. Like what, what's your advice for anyone that's at, you know, when we were 18, that's when we got rocking. If someone's young and they're hesitant, but they have conviction on wanting to do something, what would you tell them? I mean, we always said this, I'm going to throw uh, uh, Garrison, Corey's brother under the bus and like Stevie, not throw him under the bus, but like, remember how many times both of them came to us. We're like, we have an idea. We want to do this. They have like obviously Dan Reich, right? Who's been uber successful and and is a you know great entrepreneur. Um, and I know he used to give them the same advice, but it's like there there's no such thing as you know you have to fail to succeed. I've always been a believer in that. Like you can't be intimidated by whether it's not having money, not sure about your idea. All of these like think about how Amazon started. There's all the stories about what Jeff Bezos did. This little you know selling books. He has that famous picture from like 1996 oh, sure. of him with one computer with an Amazon poster over him. And that's a cardboard, yeah. Yeah, it's like the, it's the, you know, he's the wealthiest man in the world. So I think like you just have to have conviction and confidence in, and believe that what you're doing is the best idea in the world. And if you fail, you fail. Like I, you know, you, we learn more from running that business than I learned from any class that I took at Indiana, oh, not to hate sure. on Indiana, but in terms of like the things you learn, how you grow, like I've always, be I believe every person should start a business. Like Elon Musk, maybe you don't need to drop out of college or you, maybe you do need to go to college, but like, I believe everyone should try to start a business, whether it's a big business, small business, like go on Shark Tank, whatever it is, because the amount of stuff you're going to learn from that, you just have to have the confidence. And if you fail, you fail, right? You can't be scared to fail. Yeah. And P, you clearly, once you have a taste for that, which you've had, you clearly, it's still in you, right? Like if the right opportunity popped up, 
I feel like you would jump at it in that oh, way. Oh, for sure. And I still have friends, like even people I met here, right? Like people you guys don't know, right? Like I have a whole different, I always say like Tara, I talked to her about this role as a fact you've never met her. It's crazy. I think Corey's met her. Like, yeah, you know, it's we uh, dinner here when we can go out to eat. I know, man, it's weird. But, uh, you know, we always talk like she has friends. I have friends that will always ask me about that stuff because they know like what my past has been that we what we started and you know folks that people that know me well always say like i have this i want to do this what do you think about this venture capital thing or this deal so i still like that and i still pay attention to everything right i obviously still follow you guys i'm reading you know TechCrunch and all those you know TechCrunch is kind of crappy but i'm reading all like the you know tech blogs and paying attention to all the startup stuff still and i think just having that little sprinkle of glimmer of maybe that one day it could happen keeps me going Maybe if we ever get this thing big enough, we could bring you on, Pete, and be a scout of a VC group. Love yeah, it. You crushing that. Bring on me and Justin Goldman, Dave Laterman. That's the team right Dude, let's get the Let's get the whole crew together here. <laughs> that's the fun. dream team, man. Pete, let <laughs> me start. ask you. Obviously, you've ordered delivery plenty of time. We used to crush Peach Garden together like it was going extinct. What's your go-to <laughs> cheat meal now? Wait, I know you've been oh. trying to help me. That's a good question. Go-to cheat meal. Um, I've been really loving like a really good cheeseburger these mm. days because I've you know I've cut out the buns. So like on a animal on a, Sunday, on a animal, I might do a little animal style on a good Sunday cheat meal. Throw a bun on there, a little bit of bacon, you know, a little cheddar cheese and tomato and onion, some ketchup. You're good to go. You know, I uh, a good mac and cheese too. I'll do a good mac and cheese because my you know kids love mac and cheese. So we have so much crap for them around the house. It's very you have to have such good self control, man. We got how do you do that when you have everywhere. all the junk food for your kids when they are high? Yeah, it's hard, man. It's like you you know, we've I've drank more in the last four months than I have since we were hitting <laughs> sports sports and Kilroy's every oh, night. Like God. I've it's been ridiculous the amount of wine and alcohol we've drank. So. We'll be like drunk at 9 p.m. before going to bed and we want like ice cream or whatever. And I'll, I'll go look and then I remember that I have actually committed and like seeing the results of like riding a Peloton every day and actually losing weight and like seeing that actually happen as I always try to remind myself of that. And then I like go for the grapes and I don't actually eat the ice cream. <laughs> so I try. Yeah. It's hard, man. It's hard. Well, dude, you're, you're clearly at it. You look great and you're uh, a family man now. It's awesome. It's weird, man. I uh, I know. I feel old. How are you guys doing, though, man? Dan, tell me, uh, where are you at? You're in Myrtle Beach? No, I'm in Charleston. In close Charleston, to, that's right. Close to Myrtle Beach. So in the South, man, they are just they, they don't even care about COVID. They're like, we're just going to take out a gun. We'll shoot it out of the air. doesn't really <laughs> matter, right? Like, COVID sure. doesn't exist. Wait a second. We have 30,000 cases a day now down here in Florida. <laughs> right? No, uh, yeah, no, I actually had COVID. Corey had it first, but I got it I know. for that exact reason, just not really caring and being careless. But yeah. How do, are you doing all right? I know Corey had it. No, I'm completely like fine now. The whole thing was nothing, to be honest. I know for Corey it was bad. I think I got lucky. Pete, okay, Dan, so you can call him Captain Dan now. He's been on the water in boats. <laughs> wow, man. We're going down to uh, the Jersey to LBI on Saturday. We rented a pontoon boat on Monday. I'm going to bring right. a little captain, captain's hat down. Now we're I'll talking. Take a there you go. I'll take a picture. That sounds awesome. It's going to be fun, man. I'm excited. Hell yeah. But yeah, man, things are good. We're just, you know, as you can imagine, this whole thing has been good for our business. We're getting geared up for expanding more into Utah. We're looking into Salt Lake City and Ogden. So crazy. 
It's, what's the uh, what's the number one college site right now? Is Boulder still crushing it? Bloomington. menus, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Love it. Well, and what number one restaurant? I know I always ask you this. Is it still you know our it, boy Chris? It's, it's, it's changed. Taste of India? It's Taste of India. It's changed a lot since we had so because so, we had so many. We have so many restaurants now. There's over 150 choices. Everything just dispersed. I mean, Chow Bar. They're one of our biggest clients, but Taste of India is number one in Bloomington. Hey, Fortune, like Hunan, they're all gone. It's crazy. So, I know. I know. It's so weird that I remember Obo from Fortune and it came in Obo. like a, you know, lightning in a bottle. Everybody that was guy obsessed. That Houdini act. He just made <laughs> it. He loved the, he had the nine ninety nine special. Like what was oh, it? Yeah. The two, two for two or three for three or whatever. Dude, that food was so it. bad. I'll never so, forget when we had chow fun from there once. I had plastic <laughs> in it and I was like, how is this place doing orders? Uh, isn't Scotty's closed too? Yeah. Scotty's, Scotty's closed. That's actually Yogi's now. Yogi's closed and then moved in into that location we gotta see a lot has changed yeah when the team's good again Pete, we'll have to go to a game when they have i know man i went back i feel like i went back what like two or three years after we left and i haven't Uh been back but tara's cousin uh went to her she was i think two years younger she was in tridel we i always talk to her husband about she they live out here now uh and we always talk about like we got to go down there we'll like crash the tridel house for a weekend like let the let the cuz the girl stay in the hotel or something, but dude, it's been years. It's been years since I've been. That would be a fun weekend. We should try to get something on the books for that with basketball season. I would love that, man. That would be a lot of fun if we can ever go back to a sports game, but we'll see what what happens. Fingers crossed on that. We were supposed to do a stadium takeout ordering for B-Town. Corey got them going on that. If nice. there's a football, how's that, how's that going to work? I love that idea. If there's a football season, we'll we'll have it, but we'll uh, power the online ordering for the stadium, and then they'll have takeout pickup points where they can just pick up, and it'll be you know safe in terms of social distancing. We actually, it's weird. I went and pitched them that in uh, in February, and then COVID broke out, um, and now it's like more enticing to them because of the social distancing and and delivering and or doing takeout for the stadium foods as opposed to people waiting in line and drawing crowds. But now we need gotta an, give an, a, actual, an actual season that, to happen. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. And that, that's a good, uh, we got to give a shout out to Corey, man. I mean, you guys like Killing it. back in, back in the day with, with the, the goober Kleeman and, and Doran, you know, <laughs> the, uh, goober you know the goober, the, the goober Kleeman. It isn't uh, what Dorman having a kid now or has a kid. You might have to head him up. Pete. He's about to yeah. And Corey, man, Back in the day, he was that year that rolls you left and I was still there and Corey was just hustling, man. And if I would have predicted 10 years later that he'd still be crushing it, it's crazy, man. So shout out to you, man. He's uh, worked his way into a – I mean, he's – I'll never forget when Greg, when we first met in Briscoe, he's like, you need to work with my brother. He's a better version of me. Like to (laughs) it. That's what I love about Greg. He's just as real as it gets. He's like, man, Corey – like he's the best and he's great you know, from his words to God's, I guess from his mouth to God's ears, really. Yeah. Crazy. It's basically, it's Corey Rowland, right? He's basically a part of the family now. I, Dude, yeah. I feel like part of the part owner of the business. Yeah. Amazing. Good Mook, for him. Mook, I, was, I was remembering, uh, I think the first ever meeting I actually went to, to do sales I contacted this guy, Jerry from Subway, and that was the first one where you Jerry Gemicky, man. I remember yeah, you him. took the lead oh, and you, you taught me how to do everything. And uh, yeah, that was the start of it all. And then obviously uh, a year later, we had to switch everything from like actual advertisements in terms of monthly payments to commissions. 
And that so was the whole thing. But... That set up back then with monthly ads. Yeah. No, you guys, you're not doing that anymore, are you? How no. does the, uh, it's just all straight ordering fees? Yeah, yeah. just for commission percentage. Way, way more efficient, dude. That was. Yeah, we were making yeah. money. I mean, the advertising was just, it was hard, but there was just a lot of manual work. That was a problem. Yeah. Like, remember how many reports you had to give with menu views and we were selling menu views. Dude, the menu view thing like. was ridiculous. Remember that yeah. charge per menu view? That was, yeah. so, I'll never forget that going over that. I'm like, I don't understand. How does this work? And Justin's like, well. Well, it's like, yeah, <laughs> well, I don't really understand either, but figure it out. <laughs> that, was the Justin Golden, that was the CEO way with the pen in his ear and just, you know, wasn't sure how the thing man, worked. <laughs> I have not seen Justin, man. And I could, dude, he's, uh, he's running another. So he, I don't know if you, you knew about Zoomer, right? He was doing yeah. kind of the restaurant logistics thing. That was his, was that I feel bad for him because that was bad timing. Like they were on this upward trajectory and then Uber eats just destroyed. Dude, he had fantasy order. gambling right before FanDuel. He fantasy, so he's had bad, he's had tough timing because Zoomer just got destroyed by Uber Eats. So, you know, Uber doesn't have to spend a dollar. They, you know, they they don't, their customer acquisition cost could be $1,000 a, a user. Like they're not making money off mm -hmm. of that. So he got killed by Uber Eats. And uh, he, I think he was gone for a while. And then he's back doing his Renofi business, which is like, helping people with renovation loans. It's an interesting business. They just raised, I think, five or six million bucks. So oh, nice. it's funny because he's got, he's got three kids, man. Uh, he's still married to Megan, like supportive wife because he's in his, he's almost 40. And he's kind of been like in that, he wasn't a part of the Chris and Jason, like money, you know, acquisition. Wow. He was out of the business by then. So he's kind of been on that, you know, up and down, up and down. And He's had a full, he's, he's still hustling, man. So I give him a lot of credit. Kudos to him for keeping at it. I'm sure something big is going to pop with that. That He had the work ethic and brain. So, yeah, you know, he timing, as we know, Pete, is everything. I remember uh, Jared Yamakiyo, though, Corey. It's kind of crazy. You brought How about your boy Donnerman at Puchetto's? Oh, where's yeah. Pete? I haven't talked to Gunnerman. He brought that up like a month ago. I'm like, dude, how about how about Paulie Heilbrunn? Have you guys ever told yeah, the that's story what about him? That's what you're talking about. Uh, yeah. Oh, he calls Buccino. me like once a month. Does he still own Buccetto's? Yeah. Yeah, he does. Dude, that is definitely a front. I think his mom actually just passed away. I saw uh, in the news uh, because, you know, they served like 20 years in prison. All yeah. yeah. I tried yeah. getting him on the podcast to go over the story. He wouldn't do it. No, he, I think he was pretty open about like not being comfortable with like basically putting that part of his life out of his life. But even though it's, it's, about it, it's but, honestly, yeah. it's a movie. It needs to happen. It's a great, it needs script. to happen. Cause it it's, a to happen. Known, it's a known story in Dude, India. Like everybody in Indiana knows that story. Yeah, it's called the, Indiana. They should definitely the, have something on Netflix with Paul. Yeah, it's called the yogurt <laughs> connection. The yogurt wow. connection. Yeah. It's pretty uh, like mom and two, two sons end up running like a massive heroin and cocaine smuggling ring. True story. But you True could story. like make that into a movie. True. Dude, hundred percent. I would be all over that if I was Paulie. He could make a lot of money on that. Yeah. That's we need crazy. to uh, convince him to do that. That's yeah, crazy. Part of it. Yeah. That's crazy. And Pete, when are you, how often do you come to the city? I'm sure lately, not at all, but are you? Yeah. I was, I was for a while. I mean, I have a bunch of clients in the city. I was, you know, I got a couple of friends obviously still around. Um, but you know, I, I haven't gone in obviously in a while. Uh, and we, you know, we took the kids in a couple of times with central park. We did a bunch of stuff, but like, I haven't been in, in a long time. Um, I want to come back, but it's also, it's just weird right now, man. Times are of weird. Course. Well, so are you, you back? You're back? back in New York. 
Yeah, I'm, I got here impeccable timing a week before the pandemic. I've been Airbnb <laughs> hopping and, uh, you know, living the so life. You're, you're not living with Sean? No. Where's Sean? Sean he's actually been? finally upgrading an uh, apartments, I think, in a month. He lives in, uh, in the last 10 years. Yeah, Sean has been <laughs> living like the same. He's, like a, he's a vagabond, man. He's just yeah. out living the, the vagabond life. He has a 42-year-old Jewish girlfriend, so he's been... <laughs> He's been with her now for five years. Oh, man. That and, doesn't surprise uh, me at all. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's Sean. He hasn't changed a bit since you last saw him. Oh, man. It's, uh, dude, and I, I was talking, I caught up with Zach. You know, he's having a second kid. Z, uh, Z Pimpin. And oh, man. It's a couple, couple weeks. Yeah, That's a couple right. weeks. I we, were talking, we were talking about the trip. Remember, he came to New York for the first time. I think we were sophomores. We stayed at your house. We yeah, crashed in the basement. Danny, you yeah. were like... 16 at the time i think you were in high school when we came back and we played that football game in your backyard it was dude that was a great memory great week i do remember dude that's crazy talk yeah. about a blast from the past z big pimpin it was a long time ago man but i still i've seen him i've been i went to chicago for work a couple times and i caught up with him he's doing well living the uh valparaiso indiana life but Outside of that, man, I talked to Stevie, obviously, and he's having a kid in January. I haven't talked to Greg in a while, but like outside of you guys, I don't really keep in touch with that many people from Indiana anymore. Man. Corey I and I actually got dinner with Greg a couple of weeks ago. It's fun how, catching up. How, good. How's he doing, Corey? Yeah, he's, he's doing well. He's uh, been at his wife's parents' house in Connecticut most of the pandemic. So, you know, he's right. He lives in Tribeca, right? Rolls is staying there, but uh, things have been crazy there with the marches. So they've kind of just been out on the city. Gotta for a get little out bit. of there, man. Yeah. 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 P, we got to all do dinner next time you're in the city. I know, man. It's uh, times are just crazy. I what part of Jersey are you in? I'm in uh, Wyckoff in Bergen County. Oh, so that's not far at all. No, we can, I could drive in in like 35 minutes. Right now, we could get in like 35. Pete, minutes. have you had? Uh, have you had? It's Greek to me. I have great restaurant, I love, man. I love that spot. It's great restaurant. It's funny you know that. Yeah, and uh, it's pretty. It's really, really good. There's there's good food around here. It's just like the the options are few and far between. We're doing the same thing we did when we got to Bloomington. Like we order from the same places every. Every night, basically, there's like a Mexican place or the Chinese place. There's, you know, that's there's not a plethora of options out here. Uh, yeah. Maybe it's time for Low Delta to mark the territory. Do it, man. <laughs> Do it. It's pretty crazy. Are you guys aren't? Are you franchising still or no? As you no. guys are just going, we we never even, dude. We never did whole, the, you know, the yeah. deal with the whole thing with order up. We did not. The, it's tough for us to even think about franchising. I don't. Also, that makes an a possible exit down the road tough. So yeah. We're all, uh, we're all company owned. Our Kath and uh, Bobby, they're still in. Uh, they're Denver. in Denver. Crazy. So they're, they moved. We all moved out, and they moved there. What about <laughs> what about Jeff? Where's he? Jeff's at? been living with them short term throughout. His lease ended in the middle of the pandemic, so he's been with them, just saving some money. And I think he's hitting the road in August. Not sure where yeah. Jeff's gonna end up. He might be setting up shop for us in one of a you know. Well, we'll have to talk to him about that, but maybe true, true family <laughs> business. Dan, where how did you how'd, how'd you end up in uh, Charleston? Good, my good town. My girlfriend got a job down here, so I just moved down here with her. Nice, love it. Yeah. She likes the long beard. She's a fan of the beards. 
Thanks, <laughs> I'm going, man. Danny's got beard, the way for beards are the way to beards are the way to go, man. I couldn't wait. I got a fade like last week. It'd been months since I had a haircut. It felt so good to like. Dude, I had Corey's guy show up at the apartment a couple weeks ago. My hair, <laughs> I've never had it that long, Pete, since we started this night. Dude, long. I don't like. I can't believe that. Do you still have that jacket? The uh, is it the varsity letter jacket oh, no. or what was it? The NBA what, the Watch Hills. The Watch on Hills. <laughs> <laughs> but he does uh, have the uh, he does have the Chicago Bulls jersey. I do. Oh, oh that dude, that thing. That's old. old school. He used to rock it out with right shirt. Oh. <laughs> dude, you definitely wore that like an hour before this, you know. I wore it this morning, act, dude. I've that thing has a shelf. I've never seen something that goes through the wash that well. It's unbelievable, dude. I used to show we, you know, Rolls would uh, be with uh, Ferrara and Grundelager at like you know six a.m. because Ferrara Ferrara was on like six a.m. to oh you yeah know, four p.m. That was his sleep, famous line. <laughs> sleep. Uh, Schedule just crazy because he seems to be on a normal schedule now because he's got a kid and like yeah. he's you know, oh, yeah. got a normal job. Um, but Rollins would just rock that jersey. That was just yeah. like his thing. He'd come back to the apartment, he'd be rocking the same same Bulls jersey. Yeah, it hasn't left me since. It's been I think <laughs> I've had that since senior year in high school. I have another shirt too that I still wear that's been great. It's unbelievable. It's crazy, man. Life is yeah. life is crazy. It goes in a circle. Yeah, I know. Say dude. full circle. Pete, this has been awesome, man. Brings back a lot of memories and uh, hoping to actually break bread with you this year. Let's make this I happen. know, man. I know. Well, thanks for having me, guys. It, uh, yeah, of course, good, good to reminisce. And I'll keep I'll keep watching. I'll do a little trolling in the Facebook uh, comment chat. <laughs> Got to meet so, the Mook fam one of these days. Good. Come out. Come out, man. No, thanks, it man. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Oh, stay yeah. safe. Later, Pete. Stay thanks, care. Bye. See ya. The move that was fun. That was fun. Good looking good. Yeah, it's looking yeah. good. Seems very happy, content. He's a happy. family man. Seems yeah. like he was always he was always going to be a great family man. When I first oh, yeah. met Pete, I figured that that was up his alley, which is dope. For Pete, sure. I give Pete a lot of credit. He's always been very sure of himself with timing on things. It seems like he has this internal clock where he just is doesn't resist it, which is. Way easier said than done, and that's a huge strength that yeah, a lot of people don't have. Bootstrapped in the trenches, making moves going all out. Every day handle business. You know that the hustle don't stop. Got my team, let's get it. Reviewing books and talk stocks. Steady, keep it moving. So you gon' wanna tune in. Get low down, it's an app. Get local food on demand. Delivery right to your home. Everything in the palm of your hand. Took hard work and dedication. Come through, join the conversation. This is history up in the making. We just wanna be an inspiration. Hey, let's go.